What the world needs now is positivity. Connecting, relating, and being human together is where it's at. Hi there, honey German, and I know life happens, but trust, you got this. And State Farm got us. It feels good knowing that State Farm agents are there to help you choose the right coverage with great support 24-7. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Life as a gringo, where you question where you fit in every time you mingle. They say you do this with not enough that. My rapping is really bad. <laughs> this life as a gringo. Yes, hello, and welcome to another episode of Life as a Gringo. I am Dramos of Horse, and man, uh, I am. I'm coming off a a pretty amazing week. I'm just gonna gonna give you all a quick little rundown before we get into what's going on on today's show. But I actually gave a a speech, a talk at a a conference in New York over the weekend uh, called the Latin Talks, kind of like TED Talks for Latinos. And it was just a really full circle moment for me. I've done a couple or a few, I should say, at this point, uh, speaking engagements uh, for different companies and corporations. Uh, But for the most part, they've been virtual or all of them have been virtual because it's been since the pandemic. That's kind of become a lot of the norm. So this is my first time doing one on a, a stage in front of a crowd. And and it's just funny because I think back to the previous version of myself whose biggest fear probably was public speaking. And me in high school, I, I have like just like worst case scenario public speaking type of story where my hands were shaking so bad that I couldn't even like hold my papers to read my my presentation. And like everybody was laughing at me and it was this whole whole traumatic experience. So it's just funny to me, kind of full circle moment. I realized it as I was kind of sitting there getting ready to go on stage. Uh, man, like you, you really have pushed yourself and, and pushed yourself to evolve, to become better, stronger, you know, uh, more capable than, than, you know, you probably ever thought you could. And I just think back to that kid, that version of me, that freshman in high school that was like so embarrassed and so ashamed and so scared in general of public speaking within. Uh, you know, was so embarrassed for the rest of the school year after uh, classmates uh, saw him shaking and having this whole like breakdown, basically, he was so nervous. So um, I'm thinking back to that kid and how proud he would be and, and in disbelief he would be of uh, of the man that he was would be watching standing on stage giving a speech and just beautiful stuff. Shout out to everybody that I, I got to meet. A lot of incredible people also spoke at it. I just think in, in general, Great to have events like that, people coming together, particularly from our community for for growth and to network and all that kind of stuff. I just I loved it. So shout out to the whole Latin Talks um, people for uh, for for having me, and it was just um, a great experience. But I'm also tired, though. I was DJing a bunch throughout the this in the city as well. I just 
I'm I'm still recovering a bit, but uh, but man, good stuff over the weekend. Life is life is good, and I'm just proud of myself for for pushing myself through the fear and not allowing, uh, not allowing fear to just you know control control my life. So that's my message for for right now. Um, now on today's show, we have uh, an incredible guest who I uh, I've been following for a minute, and and she's just uh an inspiration, gentlemen. She's on this whole path of like. Uh, learning how to speak Spanish, and she's been documenting it, right? So it's so on brand when it comes to life as a gringo. But she is uh, a content creator who teaches about money and career tips. But we're going to get into a lot more than that, right? I think all of all of those conversations are amazing. We've been having a bunch of them, and and I think that they're important to keep top of mind. But I think beyond that, Gigi's also a testament to, uh, at times, what you have to sacrifice in order to live your truth, right? To live in your authenticity. And it's not always easy, you know, and and uh, at the end of the day, not everybody around you is going to get on board with it. And, and sadly, sometimes that means they can't come along for the ride. And I feel like we've been talking about that a bit and I've been trying to really just like hone in on it and and and, and sort of drive it home because that is the thing I feel like is missing from. Again, I always try to critique the wellness space because there's so much um, that could be done better. Right. But I think. In this case, and in general, what we've been kind of talking about is like, there's going to be a lot of difficult moments that come up for you on your path to living authentically. And that's going to be, uh, be it difficult conversations you have with yourself, but also those around you and, and making difficult decisions based upon what you know actually is going to make you happy, even if in the short term there is some sort of discomfort or um, collateral damage, I guess you could say, uh, uh, along the way, right? And you know, those hard decisions are, are what are, you know, is going to provide you with the, the ability to live the life you've always dreamed about. Right. But again, it doesn't come without making really difficult choices sometimes and, and ones that sometimes will hurt you in the interim. Right. So I want to make sure I'm driving that home, not as a negative, not as like to scare you, but I just want to give you the reality because I think for some of us, we, we get the perception when we read books or we hear people talking on podcasts or, or interviews, whatever it might be. And it seems like it's just so easy for them, right? That they just made this choice and now their life is better and there wasn't much friction. But I think that's just not the real reality. And I want to make sure that everybody knows that when you're living in a difficult moment as a result of, of your own personal growth, it's normal. And and uh, it's normal and, and it's a part of the process. You're going to have those those difficult moments inevitably. So I just want to make sure I, I reiterate that for, for everybody at home. So yeah, we're gonna have a, my guest today. Her name is Gigi, the first gen mentor, and uh, we're just gonna get into a lot of a lot of different things. And uh, we'll obviously talk about money, saving, and, and accumulation, but also uh, her sacrifice, which I'm, I'm really excited that that she was uh, candid enough to share that with us on today's show. So let's just get into it, man. We're gonna talk to uh, our guest today, Gigi, the first gen mentor, in our mi gente segment. My guest today is a content creator who teaches about money and career tips. She goes by the name of Gigi, the first gen mentor. Gigi, how are you feeling? I'm good. How are you, John? Well, thanks for having me on. Of course, I'm great. I, I We were talking, you know, before we started rolling, this has kind of been a long time, you know, in the making. We finally got to to get it to work and and even just like social media wise interacting, I've been seeing 
your content and it's been resonating a lot with me, uh, particularly talking about your journey in wanting to become fluent in Spanish uh, now. So I, uh, I share in that. I think a lot of my listeners do. And it's kind of like the basis for this podcast. So I'm excited to, to kind of dive into all of that with you. Yeah, that video got a lot of love. You know, I shared that video across LinkedIn, TikTok mm. and Instagram. And it's rare that it performs well on all three platforms. But this one right. definitely hit a nerve because uh, people were like, me too. Like, why isn't my Spanish better? And I need to work on it. And thanks for the info. Yeah, yeah it's interesting because it's like, I feel like a lot of us think it and feel that way. But we've been shunned into like being afraid to like have that conversation or publicly let it be known that like our Spanish is trash because we feel like it's going to be, you know, judged and we're going to be lesser than. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's funny, like just having these types of conversations, this sort of dialogue, how people begin to see themselves in it and kind of pop up and be like, oh, you know what I've shared in that. Um, and particularly I could speak for myself where it's felt very like lonely and isolating prior to me speaking out about it. It's nice to kind of see this sort of message resonating and realizing that there are other people out there who share in that, that same kind of feeling as you. Yeah, totally. And yeah, and I think it can be empowering to know that, you know, it's within our control. Like we just got to put mm. in the time and it's not as hard as somebody who's starting from scratch, you know? Right. So, so yeah, it's, it's to me, that's empowering. No, absolutely. And I do want to dive into, into that little journey that you're on with, with that, uh, as we get into the conversation. But I think first and foremost, I kind of just want to like, Let's start at the at the beginning, because I know obviously now, you know, a lot of people follow you on on different platforms like TikTok and things like that. And, you know, we see a lot of the great advice that you give. I know you're working on on a book and you speak and, and do all these different things. But what's kind of like the, the background story for this? Like, what is the road that leads you to uh, becoming Gigi, the, the first gen mentor? Yeah, it was like my villain arc. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I love that. <laughs> yeah, so uh, this is how it all went down. So <laughs> I think I had a pretty, you know, traditional upbringing in the sense of, you know, you go to school, you know, uh, children mm -hmm. of uh, I was a daughter of Mexican immigrants. They didn't get the opportunity to go to school. They immigrated here. Mm -hmm. They wanted more for their children. So school was always instilled upon us. They didn't really know sure. what we we're going to do once we got to school. They just knew we had to go to school. <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure. Yeah. So, so I went to school. I got the quote unquote safe degree. I did an econ major. Uh, you know, mm. re nice recession proof degree, got a <laughs> stable corporate job, you know, uh, with AC and, uh, you know, benefits. Um, and I was in corporate for about 10 years. Mm. I um, had a lot of challenges in my beginning career. And then later towards the end, I kind of started to find my way. Um, but it was really in my late 20s. I'm 33 now that mm. I started developing a passion uh, for financial literacy and that came about from a lot of financial struggles that I had myself with money. Um, I was very frustrated because I thought, you know, here I did the, the right thing. I went to college. I picked the safe degree. I graduated. I got the office job. Why am I still scraping by with my money? Like, what am I missing? Um, and that's when I realized that although I was living a better lifestyle than my parents were because I had more means because I was college educated. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't know how to manage this new money. Um, so mm -hmm. it was still living paycheck to paycheck because I had never learned those skills at home and because they don't teach it to us in the education system either. Um, sure. 
So I self-taught myself financial literacy. And the way that I did that was by binging money books. Uh, I read over 50 personal finance books. And uh, once I started, I just couldn't stop. And once I felt that I mastered the language of money, I was kind of like lit up where I'm just like, why isn't this taught to everybody? Like money affects us all, but we don't know. We're not given the tools to manage it. So then um, I'm like, how can I share my knowledge with other women of color? And um, I Googled how to teach financial literacy or to others. And I came across um, a nonprofit called the YWCA. Uh, it's a national nonprofit. They have chapters in every major city. And I started volunteering with them. Uh, and I did that for about two years. And that was like a fun side hobby that I did while I had my mm-hmm. corporate job in investment management. Uh, but that all kind of changed in. Um, in March of 2021, mm. uh, so I, when I was on TikTok. So I joined TikTok uh, in March of 2020 as a distraction mm. of the pandemic, never sure. wanting to be a creator. I didn't even know that you could get paid to do... I had always heard that YouTubers mm. made money. I'm like, how? Yeah. <laughs> I, right. Right. I didn't know. So, that, um, so yeah, I just joined for fun in 2020. But then um, in March of 2021, a year later, I came across a video that really um, inspired me to start making content. And uh, the video was this video of a young white privileged woman who was in law school. And she shared a video bragging about how easy law school was for her because she said that if she ever got sick with any of her homework, both her parents were attorneys and she could just ring them up and they walked her through the homework. And um, I just thought it was so insensitive for the times we were living in with people Mm -hmm. still very much struggling with remote learning and the pandemic. Uh, and I'm like, this video is not it. So I made yeah. a, a response video. They're called Stitch, a stitch on TikTok. And yeah. um, I made a video saying, hey, if you're first gen and you saw this video, don't feel that you're unworthy just because you don't happen to have, you know, parents that went to college. Like, sure, mm-hmm. our road is a little harder, but you're smart, you're resilient, you're going to figure this out. And um, that video got a lot of positive response of people saying, hey, thanks for saying this. I came across this video earlier, too, and it made me feel some type of way. So that was my little light bulb moment of like, oh, I should actually add my voice to this platform instead of just mindlessly scrolling. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, yes, I started doing that in in March of 2021. And then I took the leap in three months later in June. We can talk about why I had to do that. Um, And now I've been doing this full time for two years. Wow. So that that's crazy kind of that that quick turnaround that that happened. I do want to get into yeah. why it was a three month uh kind of like why you had to dive into that. But I want to I want to touch on a couple of things that you said. One, I think we always hear this narrative of just like we'll pull yourself up by the bootstraps type of thing, right? You know, whenever there's this conversation around uh you know how difficult it is for Uh, communities of color in this country, you know, and that's a perfect example right there, you know, where you have somebody who, because of the generational, you know, it being normalized generationally to go to college and have higher education, this person now has access to people who can help them and mentor them directly when they're having trouble in school and things like that, right? And that's a privilege, like you said, somebody who's first gen doesn't have, you know, and, and those are, are kind of the little things and, and, little but big things that are why we are kind of behind, you know, and and why we're sort of playing catch up, I feel like as a as a community. But also, I think the thing that you you touched on that stuck out to me that I'd love for you to kind of expound upon was you said the language of money, right? And I think that's also something where it's just scary, right? 
when you see the, the, the words coming at you, you don't understand it, and everything just seems far more complicated than it is, it's kind of easy to just think to yourself, that's not for me, right? You know, the stock market's not for me. Investing in this is not for me, whatever it is, because I don't understand it. I can't grasp it. The people that I'm used to seeing uh, do those things or be successful in it are white, you know, buttoned up uh, people on Wall Street and things like that, right? So it's easy to say, this just isn't for me. So let's break that that down a little bit, the language of, of money and, and how we can kind of translate it into things that we actually understand. You know, that Cardi B audio that's like, I'm glad you brought this up because I've been dying to talk about it for a yeah. <laughs> I love talking about this. I love talking yeah. about this because it's something that I feel so passionate about that I think it's a big barrier to people mm. becoming engaged with the financial system is because yes. of all the financial jargon. Jargon, it is so intimidating because it is like a foreign language. And yeah, if, mm-hmm. if you don't, it can make you feel small, right? That you don't understand mm-hmm. what these terms are. You, I, I just was reading something about, yeah, par value, credit utilization, investment time mm-hmm. horizon. There's all this lingo that you have to learn to even begin yes. to understand money. Uh, but anybody can learn it. Um, and honestly, I credit that the, the fact that I don't use financial jargon in my content as a big mm. reason for why I'm successful on TikTok. Because yeah. what I do is, you know, even though I'm a financial professional and worked in corporate for 10 years around money, and I know all that lingo because that's what I had to use to create my investment mm. reports and work with stakeholders, I will translate that in much simpler terms for my audience and community to understand. And that takes mm. work. That takes skill mm-hmm. to be able to break yeah. down these difficult financial concepts in accessible language. But yeah. um, I think it's so important for, for financial educators uh, to stray from financial jargon because it is intimidating to people that are just wanting to learn. Yeah, 100%. And I, and I think a lot of it is also kind of by design. You know what I mean? It's if, if you make it more difficult and you make it feel elite because it is particularly mm-hmm. of, of a certain class of people that get to participate in these conversations, then you're going to inevitably keep certain people out of the conversation, right? And that's why things like what you do are so important or um, people like Earn Your Leisure, you know, that whole movement that they have going on, the, the way that they're just breaking the barriers down and, and letting everybody feel like they can have their own piece of, of what's going on, I think is, is incredibly um, in, important. I'm loving this conversation. I'm just going to pause for a second. We'll take a quick break and then we'll be right back. I often get asked why I'm such a big fan of wrestling, and it's all thanks to my grandma. Growing up, we would watch matches together, and that bond turned me into a lifelong fan. Hi, I'm Freddie Prince Jr., and on my podcast, Wrestling with Freddie, we know how important it is to have the right teammate, because things can get pretty tricky quick. So, when things get complicated and you need help, State Farm gives you options. They show you what's possible for ensuring what matters to you. One of the things that matters to me? Sharing memories and revisiting wrestling's greatest moments. And with State Farm's support of the My Cultura Podcast Network, I get to do just that. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. 
With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. All right, we are back. And I actually, I want to just kind of like bounce around a little bit because some of the things you were saying, I I would just kind of love to get your take because I think it's it's interesting. And college being one of them, right? Because... We're, we're talking about, you know, a time period where you did everything right and you have the job, the career, and you're still struggling to get by. Um, and, you know, without knowing your, your student loan situation, there are a lot of people in that same boat who are also paying down crippling student loan while having their first job and trying to start their adult life. Um, and particularly now that the, the whole student loan forgiveness thing got struck down um, by the courts, that's going to be continue to be a reality for a lot of people. What is your take? on college on on making that investment you know be it for people who are um you know who have kids that they're they're kind of thinking about is this even a necessary thing for them anymore um and and i guess in general like just the general mindset of knowing you're going to have this debt that you have to carry around with you during a real the most difficult part of your life that you're you're underpaid and trying to start your life essentially yeah, great question. Um, I know there's a lot of college haters. I am not yeah. one of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I can see why people feel that way, right? That college may yeah. not be worth it, especially with how expensive it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, the student debt crisis is just unreal. And unfortunately, I'm, I was not surprised to see that that it wasn't something that was going to pass. Um, yeah. I just know that, you know, our Congress doesn't care. <laughs> about yeah. brown people, you know, and they're yeah. trying to keep us under their thumb. So I, I just knew yep. it wasn't going to pass. Uh, but I digress. Um, but I I am a supporter of people attending college. I definitely wish there were more resources to get people to understand, you know, how scholarships work. Um, mm. That's something that I, nobody ever taught me. And I, and I know that I could have saved a ton of money if I had, because I know scholarships exist. I just didn't know how to navigate which ones were real, which ones were scams. Mm. And I just never explored it um, uh, through TikTok. I've come across a wonderful account. Her name is Carlin, and I think her handle is ESP Danielle. I can send it to you later if that's helpful. Mm-hmm. But yeah, her, yeah, her account is specifically on helping people find uh, legitimate scholarships, and she mm-hmm. has the numbers to prove it that you know she's been able to help people with that. So I wish there was more of an emphasis in helping people source scholarships and yeah. also educating people on um, attending community colleges. I was mm. lucky enough that I hated it at the time. My parents held mm. me back and instead of letting me go to college, they made me stay and do community college. And they didn't do it because mm. they were financially savvy. They just wanted me to be closer to home. But yeah. uh, financially, it saved me a ton of money. Uh, and mm. I also think people have to be strategic with with their majors and their life goals. You know, I think people sometimes kind of just go through the motions and go to college because that's what they have to do. But they're not uh, thoughtful with with their major or their uh, life goals, and I think that's when people kind of tend to get disappointed. But 
Uh, can you avoid college and be successful? Absolutely. You know, with the internet, you can teach yourself so many life skills. Now that I'm a content creator, you know, I work with a lot of website designers, video editors, and you can self-teach yourself all these skills. So, so yeah, mm-hmm. you, you do not need to, but I am a fan of college myself. Yeah, I, I think I like how you you put kind of the idea of being intentional about it, you know, because I think I think part of the problem is we sort of have just normalized this idea of like, it's just what you're going to do after high school. So even if you don't know what the hell you're going to do, just show up and you'll figure it out at some point. You know what I mean? And the reality is while figuring it out, you're paying thousands upon thousands of dollars, you know, and, and it's just going and going. And, and that and if you're taking the wrong classes because of the way college is set up, that, mm-hmm. then it just means nothing. I think that's just wasted money if you end up finally figuring it out, you know, two years later or whatever it is. So I like that advice. I like the idea of community college. That's what I did. And it wasn't, again, for like you said, for people being uh, fiscally responsible. It was it was just uh, I think my parents didn't trust me that I was actually going to take college. Same. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the, uh, the the precursor was community college. Uh, and to their credit, they were right. It took me a long time to get through all that. But um, yeah, I, I think intentionality, I think, is not something that's spoken about a lot with this kind of stuff. And I, I think, you know, not not feeling like you have to just go through the motions. One thing I wish was spoken about a little bit more was you don't have to rush into it, right? Like this is an investment. And, you know, for me personally, I would encourage people, if you don't know what you're doing when you are getting out of high, uh, high school at 17 or 18, take a year to kind of figure it out, you know, before you you make that investment, you know, and um, and, and, and there's no shame in that. I think there's this idea of like, we have to rush through life, you know, and now in, in, in my thirties, and I'm sure you can relate to it as well. You just realize how much more time you have to get it all figured out than you thought you did. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't, you know, I thought like 28 was old when I was, you know, like, uh, you know, 18 years old. I thought like life was over at that point. You just had to be living like the stereotypical adult life. And I, I think, that's also part of the problem is we kind of are just rushing through without actually being intentional um, on, on what we actually want in our life and our, and our goals. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. I, I agree with you. Um, and, and I want to backtrack now to your, your story about why three months into content creation, you had to kind of jump ship and, and go into that uh, full time. So what was the, the story behind that? Cause I can imagine that probably wasn't a part of the plan. It definitely was not. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I mentioned, the content was just a fun hobby. But uh, what started happening was as my account grew, I started receiving paid opportunities. Um, They were mostly for speaking engagements. So, you know, a college would hit me up and say, hey, we saw your TikTok account. Can you come and teach budgeting 101 to our students? We'll pay you or uh, brand deals, Uh, you know, the Mm. hashtag ads that you see on social media. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, cool. Like I can make a little buck doing this. I thought it was fun. Yeah. Uh, but um, with the type of work that I did in the financial sector, you know, it's a very regulated industry. So mm-hmm. I had to have written approval for any uh, outside paid work before I could accept mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I submitted my request and it was automatically denied. Uh, they said it was a legal and a reputational risk. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, I guess that's where this road ends. And, um, I mean, honestly, when, when I got that rejection, the denial, uh, my immediate response was, I guess I'm just going to stop making content, uh, because mm-hmm. my career is important to me. I had, like I mentioned earlier, I really struggled in the beginning of my career and I had finally gone to a place where I liked where I was working. I liked my role. Mm-hmm. I liked my team. Um, uh, but it was fortunately, you know, friends and family that kind of shook me and they said, Hey, like, 
there's an opportunity here. We think mm-hmm. you should check this out. Yeah. And at first I was very, very resistant um, yeah. because, you know, the money that I would have to use to start this business was yeah. money I was saving for a travel sabbatical. So I had this big dream of traveling the world. And I'm like, no, I've been squirreling away money for two and a half years to travel, not yeah. to like work hard and start my own business. Right, but, right. Uh, but yeah, as I thought about it more, I, d- I just realized that I had never like taking a, a leap of faith like that. You know, I always mm. took the safe route with again, going to college, getting the safe degree and the safe, mm. you know, recession proof job. So yeah. um, the the pandemic and, and uh, you know, the murder of George Floyd really kind of changed me. I think a lot of people, right. And we yeah. just kind of reflected on what are we doing with our lives and mm. is this what we really, you know, see for ourselves. So it was, it was then that I decided to, to take a leap of faith and, and quit. You know, it's funny, like you're, your story is backwards from what a lot of people's is where it's usually you're the one trying to convince everybody around you that you haven't lost your mind when you're taking you're saying I'm going to take this gigantic risk. Right. And for you is the people around you that were like pushing you and nudging you to take that leap of faith. Right. I, I mean, who who was it that was like encouraging you in this way? And what what was kind of like the final thing? Was there anything in particular that resonated with you that you said, you know what, I think everybody's right. Like I need to do this. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think it's worth noting that I never had any ambitions to be an entrepreneur. I know some people Mm. always kind of know where they learn about entrepreneurship and that kind of like excites them. For me, never. I'm very risk averse. So I very much thought I wanted to just have this stable nine to five, right? Sure. With a steady paycheck. So that was part, a big reason why I was so uh, resistant to it. And also because yeah. I was trying to preserve my money for my travel goals. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, but, but yeah, uh, several people brought it up. My spouse was one of them. Then my two mm. best friends. The person that finally got me to change my mind was my friend Chava. So he's my, my college friend. Um, mm. And we had not spoken in 10 years. You know, life gets busy after college. Yeah. People get married, move away. They have kids. Sure. Um, but I, I were randomly messaging about this issue. And he said, let's talk about this. He's like, I, we, we need to talk this through. And I'm like, all right. And again, I haven't yeah. spoken to him in 10 years. We yeah. talked on the phone for an hour. Um, <laughs> and basically in that hour, he just said, you've always played it safe. And this is your chance to do something for yourself um, mm. and, 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 to, and to bet on yourself. And obviously, it's your passion. And what's yeah. the worst that can happen? If, if you don't like it or if it doesn't work out, just go back to what you were doing before. You know, mm. um, you're, nobody's taking your degree away. Nobody's taking your work experience away. Leave on good terms with your employer and you'll yeah. be OK. And, and um, yeah, that I remember crying in that conversation because it was it was like a hard conversation that I needed to hear from somebody. And, and I'm so yeah. and I still and I was this always comes up in podcast interviews. So I always give them a little shout out because um, yeah. had it not been for all these people pushing me, um, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. I'm, I am not the typical corporate runaway. There's so many stories of our people like, you know, F my my boss, you know, toxic <laughs> workplace. That's not me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So so it, and I would say it's even harder to leave something that you like. You know, so I'm really yeah. glad that I had that encouragement from people. Yeah, I I, I find that that interesting. So yeah, I was I was the typical story of like fuck this place, yeah. I'm out of here, right? So <laughs> so that that's that's my story. But I I think it it is interesting, and I love these conversations because a lot of people are in various places in their life, you know. And I think the idea that you liked your job, you liked the people that you worked with but you knew there was more for you out there. And I think that 
that in itself might actually even be more difficult than kind of, you know, my own path or, or the way that I've thought about it, because, you know, it's easy for me to like if something's making me miserable to say, yeah, obviously this isn't for me. But when you're actually happy in it, um, but then you still realize you have so much more potential that is just untapped, you know, yeah. um, I that I'd imagine that that was probably the thing that was making you kind of go back back and forth at the end of the day. Yeah. And to add to that, you know, my parents um, weren't the most supportive either. Obviously, there's that extra layer, especially my dad in the beginning. My dad was like, what's wrong with you? Like, why did you even go to school if you're just going to throw this all away for for what to be a TikToker? You know, he really (laughs) did not get it. Um, Surprisingly, my mom back then was very supportive. She kind of knew she's like, you're meant for this. Like, this is what Mm. you're supposed to. Yeah. So it was interesting. My parents are divorced. Can you tell they're just very different? (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. yeah. And, you know, now that it's been two years, my dad um, has come around and he's super supportive. He's one of my biggest cheerleaders. And unfortunately, my mom went to the dark side and my mom, she actually doesn't like my content. Um, Mm. She thinks that I'm poisoning young people's minds. Um, for, cause you know, the way that I teach stuff is, is, you know, you pick and choose what serves you. And for her, yeah. she's very traditional old school Mexican. And this is the way we do things. And right. I'm giving people permission to, to explore something else and that it's not sit well with her. <laughs> yeah. That, that, well, that's fascinating that it, it has flipped like that. And, uh, I, I do kind of want to pick your brain on that, but I, I want to, um, I want to harp on, on the fact of like dedicating yourself to to continuous progression and the challenges that come along with trying to bring out the best version of yourself. Cause that's what you're talking about. Right. Cause again, you could have stayed on that path, but a part of you would have always known and wondered, like, I probably could have been meant for something even more and even bigger than this. Right. And, and I, I just, I love, I love that idea of, of that recognition and that dedication to, to just wanting to be the best version of yourself. And I think a lot of people, um, sell themselves short, you know, obviously playing it safe. And a lot of people would have just used the excuse of, well, I'm happy. Why, why would I change anything? You know? And I think it's, it's inevitable. There's going to be a lot of pain, a lot of ups and downs taking this route that you're taking, that we're all taking of betting on ourselves in different ways and pushing ourselves to, to be better. That's a more difficult path. Um, but I'd imagine you're feeling a lot more fulfilled and rewarded than you've ever felt before, even beyond just like, you know, you liked your coworkers and your work, but now this is like something even bigger than that, I'd imagine, that comes up for you. Yeah, I could have never imagined that I'd be paid very well to do what I love. You know, I think Mm -hmm. the narrative that we're fed is if if you do your passion, you're like a struggling musician, a struggling artist. But but then you think of people like Beyonce, who Beyonce loves what she does, and she makes great money or NBA players, all these other people, you know, so why is that not possible for for us regular folk too? And a book that really helped me with that. um, uh, Have you heard of the the Big Leap? It's a big, it's a New York Times bestseller by Gay Hendricks. But he talks about the name. Yeah, he talks talks about the the zone of excellence and the zone of genius. So basically where Mm. I was operating before my corporate job was a zone of excellence where I'm good at what I do. I like it, Mm -hmm. but it's not the best use of my talents. And then Mm. you're the zone of genius. That's your passion. That's where like time Mm -hmm. goes by and you don't even notice it. And it's something that you gladly do for free because you love it. And if you think about my volunteer work, I did that for free, you know, after my nine to five because I love doing it so much. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, 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 I love that, that breakdown of it. Cause I think it's funny. There's like levels to happiness, right? And you can be satisfied or content 
But fulfilled is just an entirely different level, right? And I, I've recently found what fulfillment actually feels like. And it's like, oh, shit, this was worth every <laughs> single shitty moment because it, fulfillment is overwhelming. It's, it's like an overwhelming feeling of happiness. Like, and even in its simplest form of you making your cup of coffee, you're just feeling like everything just feels so good. And obviously, there's ups and downs with, with everything. But I, I think it's like we're, we're missing that just extra thing that we're supposed to have. You know, it's, it's like the idea of like, you know, loving somebody, but being in love with somebody, right? There's, yeah. like, there's just a different level to it. And I think life has that as well, where you could say, yeah, everything is good. I have, you know, all the basics that I need, but you're, you're just, you know, in the back of your mind, it probably could be a little bit better, a little bit more fulfilling. Something is, is missing. And I think that's the thing I always try to drive home because I think, you know, it's, we sell ourselves short and and we we are not you know sort of living a life that is worthy of us right if we're not chasing that feeling of like that ultimate fulfillment i think at the end of the day um and and that's why i kind of love what what your story kind of breaks down in in that and and i'm curious with your with your parents like how do you how do you navigate that now with with your mom if you don't mind kind of talking about that a bit because i know i've had a difficult road with my parents uh not now but particularly when i was first kind of like just completely going, you know, left, left of center of, of what they thought was a good idea in life. Um, you know, and, and I'm curious kind of how you navigate that relationship with, with someone who, um, you know, is, is, is kind of putting down your life's work almost. Yeah. Um, it's hard. (laughs) Mm. Um, so, you know, there's, there's a lot that goes into it. There's a lot of layers. So my mom and I have had a difficult relationship for a long time. So this mm-hmm. wasn't the one thing. Um, sure. but, but yeah, um, at this moment we're, we we're in no contact. Um, we had mm-hmm. a very toxic relationship and I found it more healthy to just cut off, um, the relationship. And, and even that's mm-hmm. very taboo in our community because the moms can yeah. do no wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the time when we were still in touch, um, yeah, I mean, she would say these things about, no, don't talk about that. Or, you know, wh- why are you telling people that they don't have to help their family with money? Like we mm. we're family. That's what we are there for. And, yeah. um, you know, so I, I taught my content's a lot about financial boundaries. Um, yeah. and, and, uh, I would try to calmly explain to her my reasoning I got to a point where I just thought she wasn't going to get it and she didn't want to kind of see my side of things. So I just told her, I I set the boundary where I'm like, if you're not going to be supportive of my content, I'm just going to block you. So you can't see my content. Mm. And eventually that's what it went to. Um, Mm. (laughs) um, Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. I just, I just didn't, I didn't need that negative energy, you know, as as a creative, I need good energy to help me put out good content. And I did not need anybody talking down to me, even if it was my parent. Um, mm-hmm. So, so yeah, it's been hard to navigate. Um, and it's definitely not like one of the sexiest, you know, things I do talk about, but it is what it is. Yeah. It's the truth. No, well, I, I appreciate you sharing that because I think there's a lot of people giving advice. There's wellness, there's financial advice, all this kind mm-hmm. of stuff. But like, there's the human aspect of everything that we do. And every decision that we make is going to have some sort of effect on our daily life and the people within it, right? And you know, people are going to have their opinions. And when you are challenging yourself to see the world in a different way, it's also going to alienate you from other people who just can't see it in that way, right? So I, I, I like to have a far more nuanced conversation because I kind of want people to be aware of like, 
what this path is it, it means. You know what I mean? And and not just when it comes to like quitting your job or any of those things. It's like even just working on yourself and healing. Like once you've begun to do that that work and you're noticing things about yourself, you're inevitably going to notice things about everybody around you, and you're going to approach life in a far different manner. And that is incredibly lonely to feel like you're the only one in the room who feels or sees things in that particular way, right? And I think there's a lot of people that I've, I've spoken to who've gone down this road and felt like they were the only one, you know? So to me, it's like, I always love getting that perspective as well, because I think we all just need a reminder that like, we're sharing in a similar thing, right? And this is normal. And this is what happens when you're pushing yourself for your own personal greatness. There is inevitably going to kind of be, um, you know, some some other things that come up, uh, ripple effects, like I said, that that happen. And some of it's good, some of it's bad. And you just kind of have to be dedicated to what's best for you at the end of the day, I think is, is kind of what my, my point is. Yeah. Um, it takes a lot of confidence to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. You no, know, I consider myself a pretty confident person, but every then, every now and then that little voice will creep in. You know, what's helped sure. me a lot is I'm physically away from my family. So most of my family is um, in Baja California. So it's mm-hmm. right by California, Southern California. Um, yeah. I'm in Chicago. So the physical distance, you know, uh, doesn't allow space for those everyday conversations about, well, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. What about this video? Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. so the contact is limited to, to on the phone, texting or Facebook Messenger or whatever. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, I think being the first in, in many spaces, you know, is going to take a lot of unlearning of, of limiting beliefs of breaking mm-hmm. generational patterns, uh, you know, because if the way that our family, you know, worked, it, it might have worked for them, but it may not work for us for where we're trying to go, you know, so it's yeah. so important to to recognize that and. Uh, to be aware of that. And and sometimes your family isn't going to get it, like my yeah. mom and other family members. Sure. Uh, but you have to be comfortable um, not being understood. And that's hard because, mm. you know, especially as Latinos, we, we're very close yeah. to our family and we want their approval. 100%. Yeah. Mm. But, and sometimes that'll also be, you know, you being the black sheep because you're doing things mm-hmm. differently. So I've embraced my black sheepness. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they just know that, that it is what it is at this point. But it took me a while to get here so yeah anybody that's listening to this and is a little younger and is kind of navigating that it really feels like you're swimming against the current because you're going against the way things are typically done in your family that's that's hard to navigate yeah and also i just think it's ironic that you you trying to make yourself happy and doing what makes you happy like brings pisses people off you know what i mean like that just (laughs) kind of shows like the fucked up mentality of of like our societal standards or community standards where it's like they people can't just accept people for what they want and what actually makes them happy, you know, if they can't understand it completely, you know what I mean? Um, and, and that's the kind of the same thing with like schooling where it's like a, a kid who is not interested in like the normal stuff is ostracized. You know what I mean? Those are the kids that are, uh, told that they're not keeping up or whatever it is. They're not able to fit into this box. Therefore they're kind of tossed to the side, you know? And I just think it's, it's interesting how hard it is to just do what makes you happy, right? It, it, should, it shouldn't be this difficult, but that, that is the kind of the world that we we live in. And, and boundaries, obviously, is something you mentioned. Um, and, and obviously, with your, you know, with your relationship with your mother, that's a personal boundary that that you set. All right, I'm going to hop in here one more time before we uh, close things out with Gigi, the first-gen mentor. We'll take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. 
As an actor, a producer, and a proud Latino father, my days can get very busy, which is why I make sure to dedicate time to what's important, like supporting my community through my work, sharing my Colombian and Venezuelan culture, and being present for my family, which is everything to me. Hey everyone, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and we're reflecting on what matters most. I start by giving thanks for good support in my life whenever I need to make the big decisions. How about you? If it's insurance you need, State Farm is there to help you choose the right coverage for you. And State Farm offers great support 24-7. Just call an agent. State Farm is also a big supporter of Michael Tuda Podcast Network by helping to share our Latinx voices. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tuda shows wherever you get your podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel... It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. All right, we are back. Now, let, let's kind of talk about some of like the financial tips that you, you do give. Um, and I'm curious about, I, I want to start there with that boundary of, of like your personal finance. And a lot of people, when they begin to have some money or you know i think others will quickly view you as having more money than you actually you know than you do without <laughs> taking into consideration your expenses right people will start spending your money for you uh mentally how, how do you navigate that and kind of what is that advice that you're you're giving to people because a lot of people have trouble not you know participating in that or or supporting their family financially when they when they ask them yeah so First, I think we need to understand um, why this is so difficult. <laughs> mm. So um, I realized that the reason it's so hard for us to navigate money as the children of immigrants is because there's two money, there's two clashing money cultures at play. So mm. uh, one of them is, is the individualistic money culture in America. And that's very much the way people do things here in America. So the thinking is you pull yourself by the bootstraps. You know, if you have money problems, you don't tell people because that's embarrassing. You keep it to yourself. You swipe some credit card to figure it out. You'll think about it later. Right. right? Um, And uh, your money's for yourself. If if people need help, hey, you got to figure it out. I'm doing my own thing. Right. Um, Where with the Latine family values are very much collectivist values. So we work as a, as a group, um, as a family unit, and we very much lean and, you know, on each other for support. So, um, it's honestly on the other end of the spectrum. So if you need any sort of financial assistance, instead of swiping a credit card or going to the bank for a loan, you go to family, um, for that support. And the culture clashes, the money culture clashes when you try to adopt one, but the other one doesn't accept it, you know? So, So that's, that's really hard to navigate. And it's, it's a big 
focus of my book. And basically what I say is like, I'm not just American and I'm not just Mexican. I'm Mexican American. So I've Mm -hmm. had to do some reflection to think about which of the money values do I like? Because there isn't one that's right or wrong. You know, if the collectivist way, so the Latino typical way of doing things of always relying on family worked, we would have Mm -hmm. more money at the end of the day. Obviously, I like to acknowledge there are systemic issues at play, but there's also a lot of mismanagement of money because we give too freely. And then if the American way was the right way, those people would be a lot closer to their family. They're not, right? Right. They only see their family on holidays. Like, you know, so so there's something in the middle that's just right, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I encourage my people to redefine your own money values. And I just do things because this is how my family did it growing up or this is how the white uh, individualistic money books are teaching me to do it. Yeah, no, and I... I I I love that you you brought that up and I love that that's kind of what you're you're focusing a lot of the book on is is that that place in the middle right uh because that that I think that that's like just so much of the basis I think for anything any of the issues we're having in this country like, <laughs> we're so polarized because we just think it has to be this or this way and we don't realize that both both you know party systems uh are fa- have failed us essentially right and and we're just uh, allowing you know obviously some it's a little more detrimental to society uh, and our communities as a whole. But either way, neither one is actually looking out for, for the everyday person at the end of the day, um, in particular our community. So I love the idea of like, how do you navigate that middle ground and find the, the ha- healthy balance between that? And I think also, you know, you're, you're right. I think when you look at our, our community and you hear like a lot of numbers and studies that happen about like our GDP and, and how much like, um, you know, monetary value our community has, but like it doesn't, you don't see it like that. You know what I mean? You don't see us leading as entrepreneurs or, uh, you know, the the face of, of a lot of like business ventures or things like that. It's like, well, where is that money going? If we are making money, if we are getting, you know, wealth in, in, in some sort of way, where is it actually getting spent at the end of the day? You know, why aren't we a more vibrant community uh, that, is has our products at the forefront and and has our faces at the forefront of it, you know. So obviously, yeah, there is some sort of um, cultural issue that that sets us back. And I think the the thing that also I think a lot of people miss is sure you're you know you're in a good place in your life. Maybe you're making more money than your parents ever did, but in order for you to break the generational curse completely, you have to be smart about the money that you're making right now to make it then not only last, but grow so that the next generation doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to deal with that same anxiety around money, right? So if I don't have that boundary, and I've had to kind of come to terms with that as well and like check my own family, if I don't have that boundary, I'm just going to end up in the same boat that my parents were (laughs) living check to check, you know what I mean? Spreading myself too thin, you know, because it doesn't matter if you're making, you know, uh, a million dollars a year. If you have crazy bills that million dollars is going to go quickly you know what i mean it, it, that number sounds great on paper but it shit starts adding up if you're not wise with how you're spending your money and you're giving too much to this person or to that person um and i, I think that's sort of the the failure as well as like the long-term thinking i think yeah absolutely i mean um i don't want to blame the individual for a systemic problem because there's a lot mm-hmm. of systemic issues that have gatekept um our sure. communities from advancing but, but yeah, if we want to focus on what can the individual do to improve their situation is they can, they can learn how to be smarter with money. And that's being intentional with money, 
um, mm-hmm. setting those boundaries. So I think the question earlier was, well, how, how do you decide when it's time to support family or when you do have to set that boundary? I very much mm-hmm. have a two-step process um, mm. that I share. So um, I encourage my breeder to think, first, do you want to give them money? Because mm-hmm. a lot of times uh, our community gives money be- out of guilt or out of yeah. fear of rejection or fear of being you know, uh, shamed. Uh, mm-hmm. And what I found from personal experiences, if you are giving money to please others and not really because something you want to do, eventually you're going to resent them because you're not mm-hmm. doing it on your terms. Yeah. So first, I want people to be honest with themselves and think about that. So if somebody thinks about that question and they think, yeah, I want to help my dad with this bill that he has because my dad, you know, helps, has, has supported me his whole life. And, you know, mm-hmm. he wouldn't be asking unless he needed it. Uh, so then I'm like, let's do it. Let's if if you mm-hmm. genuinely want to do it porque te nace, because it's within mm-hmm. you and you want to out of to show love and gratitude, uh, do it out of a place of love and gratitude, not out of fear or guilt mm-hmm. or pressure is what I empower my audience and my reader to do. So once mm-hmm. we've kind of checked that hurdle, okay, it's, it's like a little flow chart, right? So, okay, you said yeah. that. Uh, yeah, pick your journey. Right? <laughs> so once, right, right, right. Yeah, well, once, once you've chosen that, yes, it's something you willingly want to do and you're not having your arm twisted. Then yeah. let's talk about, well, can you afford it? Because mm. if you want to, but if you can't truly afford it, you know, you're setting yourself back and you're not going to be able to be as giving as you want with your family if you don't have anything left for yourself at the end of the day. You know, it's why they mm. tell you on an airplane to put your oxygen mask first and then help sure. others. Um, mm-hmm. So I encourage my reader to think, okay, how is your debt looking? Do you have any sort mm. of savings in case something happens, right? Have you started planning for retirement and investing? Um, you know, so I, so I encourage my reader to, to ask those questions to just kind of take a moment to pause and think about whether they're financially able to. And if they're not, if they don't have the means, okay, well, maybe you can't give your dad the $200 that he wanted to, but maybe you can give him $50, right? So right. again, it's not white or black, like what's in the gray that can kind of work for everybody. And then if yeah. you don't have the means and if you need to set that boundary, then I kind of share strategies for, for how to do that. So it's just like having a transparent conversation with family and, and instead of being taboo about we don't have money, just openly sharing, hey, dad, right now I'm working on some other financial priorities. I'm not mm-hmm. able to support you in that way, but can I help you by looking up information online or uh, supporting in other ways that are not in monetary ways? Yeah, no, I, I love I love that advice. and I, I love the... Uh, kind of distinction that yes, obviously there are systemic things that have created the the world that we exist in right now, you know. Um, but then empowering yourself to say what is the part that I can do to change that narrative at least for myself, you know, and 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 then eventually hopefully the others around me. Um, and obviously, yeah, being able to to have those tough conversations around money is probably a good start yeah. uh, towards towards changing some of the the generational kind of curses we've inherited. And and let's kind of dive into that a little bit with, with some of the content I've seen you putting up, right? So obviously, you know, it's not just about hoarding your money, right? I don't, nobody wants to live this miserable life of like, sure, you're financially stable, but you actually don't go and enjoy things. You don't travel. You don't get to, you know, um, enjoy the fruits of your labor. Um, and, and I think that's obviously not what, what you're saying or what you push. And you talk about things like a sinking fund, right? So uh, what what exactly is is that and, and how can kind of people begin to set up that for themselves and, and just the mindset in general? Yeah. So a sinking fund is 
um, a great tool to keep your budget on track. So when somebody creates a budget, they think, okay, this is how much my rent is. This is how much I pay for groceries a month. My cell phone, they think about those everyday bills. But uh, what they forget to include are those irregular expenses. So mm. when I teach thinking funds, I think about what are those big bills that when they come, they kind of hurt because they derail mm-hmm. your budget, but they're still a part of your life. So mm. I think about car maintenance expenses. You don't maintain your yeah. car every day, but when it happens, the month that it happens, it's like a $500 bill, right? Right. <laughs> so, or um, I have a dog. If she gets sick, and I have to take her to the vet. That's an expensive vet bill. Um, so right. it doesn't always have to be about something negative. It can also be if you're planning to go on a trip on vacation, instead of charging it on a credit card, you can create a sinking fund. So it's, sorry, it's money that is going to be spent, but mm-hmm. you create um, a little pocket where you can start putting money every month or every week uh, so that when that expense does come, it doesn't derail your budget it doesn't derail your plan uh so yeah if you got fomo because you didn't go to coachella this year to see bad bunny and you're like yeah. next year has to be the year that i'm going to coachella start a yeah, sinking yeah. fund now divide up how much money you think you'll be spending at coachella whether that's a thousand fifteen hundred dollars divided by 12 and start putting money in there slowly away so that when you can come you can go and not get yourself into debt yeah i i love that and it resonates with me because i didn't i never had that for the longest time and then it Something like a car. I, I had a car that was just so fucked up for a while that like I it was, I always had an issue with it, um and and it was like a dumb purchase like a BMW that I couldn't afford and it was so expensive every time that I had to fix something, and it was like I would start saving money. I would be really good about my finances for a month or whatever it was, and then boom, I would get hit with a car repair that would just fuck everything up and it would derail me for months at a time because then it was like I lost the motivation to want to save money and to do these things. I just got frustrated with the process feeling like it happened over and over again. So I, I love that idea of kind of planning for that rainy day that you mm-hmm. that inevitably is going to come. That way you don't have that money anxiety when something like that hits, you know, because that, that's also like the worst part uh, about it is like when it happens, that feeling that comes over you where it's like my entire life is now uprooted for the next whatever, two weeks until I get paid again uh, <laughs> because of this one expense and I have to figure out how to make it through these next two weeks and survive or whatever, right? So I think obviously what you're talking about is trying to avoid things like that in knowing that inevitably something's going to fucking come up. And and I think part of healing a lot of the money trauma that a lot of us have, or at least for myself, one of the best things was knowing that I had money in the bank when something happened and not feeling stressed about it. Like that eliminated so much of the anxiety that I would carry on a day to day basis for myself. Yeah, no, totally. Um, I recently had some health issues this past spring. I needed an emergency surgery. It put me out of work for six weeks and I'm self-employed now, so I don't get paid time off or anything like that. Um, And yeah, immediately I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And then I remembered, oh wait, you're not broke anymore. You have an emergency fund. There's there's money in there. But but yeah, that's still, you you get triggered. Um, And I would like to address, you know, um, what we talked about earlier was a sinking fund. So that's more for for projected expenses that you know are going to come. So again, you know, right. eventually your dog is might need a vet bill or flea medicine. Flea medicine is so expensive. I don't know if you have any pets, yeah. but it's, it's expensive. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like 300 bucks every time you go. So um, right. that's a projected expense you can plan for. Car registration fees. That's a once a year mm-hmm. thing. And again, yeah. when it comes, it hits you like a ton of bricks. So if you can yeah. project those big expenses and divvy them up over the entire year and slowly put money away, it's not as big a of a hit 
um, mm-hmm. where the emergency fund that you talked about, that is like breaking case of emergency. So again, right. you're put out of work because of surgery or you got laid off. So they're, they're two different funds and um, mm-hmm. you can slowly work towards putting money into both. You know, you don't you don't have to be overwhelmed. It's going to take time, you know, uh, but yeah. the same way that you plant a seed, you know, it doesn't harvest right away. It, it takes time. You got to right. put a little water, put it in the sun, mm-hmm. you know, and eventually it blossoms. So you you got to be patient. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, you got to keep your future self in mind at the end of the day. Right. Like what that you're you're saving your future self from unnecessary stress. Right. By by being just a little bit more disciplined. Um, right now, like I, one of my greatest moments that I think back on is when I like blew two tires and I was happily at the tire place paying for it because I knew that I had the money, you know, oh, like that's it great. wasn't going to affect me. You know what I mean? Like I went to Dunkin' Donuts and was just enjoying myself while it was getting you know done because, and that was like a milestone in my life, as dumb as that sounds like that to not have any sort of anger or anxiety based around the fact that I have to drop $500 on tires that I didn't expect. Like, to me, that's like, this is exactly the life that I want to lead where I don't have these unnecessary stresses because I'm thinking ahead and I'm, I'm not you know spreading myself too thin. And that's just like, that's such a blessing right there. You know, I, I think a lot of people, we, we think about money and putting it away because we want to get the extravagant thing or whatever it is, right? But it's those little things like that that you no longer have to carry around that weight that I think makes some of the biggest differences in your everyday life. Yeah, that's that's priceless. That sort of yeah. peace that you get, because um, mm-hmm. because yeah, life you know uh, life has so many ups and downs, you yep. know, and and the better and a lot of them are around money. So if you're mm-hmm. if you set yourself up financially, it just kind of helps soften those those bumpy roads. Yeah, and uh, I want to. I want to touch on two more things before we we get out of here. I think you you do talk about growing your your savings account, right? And I'm curious what are what are kind of some tactics that you have found really helpful, right? Because I think I know in the past for me, I'll be like I'll have a set percentage of my like income I'm putting aside and I just make up the number off the top of my head, right? There's no real calculation that that went into it. And then next thing you know, it's too much. So I'm pulling back out of my savings and having to put it back into checking or something like that. Right. Um, so what what is like your methodology that you've created to know how much you can save, um, you know, and, and put away and and not actually have to go back and, and touch it, you know, obviously barring some sort of crazy tragedy or emergency. Yeah. So um, it starts with understanding where your money's going. Right. So you mm-hmm. really have to take the time to sit down and think about how much money am I bringing in every month? So from mm-hmm. my nine to five or from my side hustle, if you get alimony or child support, anything like that, include all that money and then think about how much money is going out. So think about your financial responsibilities, rent, groceries, utilities, all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. And then the difference, that's how much you're able to save, right? Mm. In, theory. <laughs> right in, theory. in theory. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, to really be able to... Uh, capture that difference you have to track your money you know and you can do that um most easily probably on an app um one that i really like it's called envy it has i think it's five dollars a year so it's pretty inexpensive pretty accessible yeah um and yeah every time that you did you make a transaction whether you bought something on amazon or you went out to eat or you went to the grocery store you pull out your little app and you log it then that way you mm-hmm. get very clear on where your money's going you know the same way if you're trying to uh, you know, lose weight and you track your calories on my fitness pal, 
you know, if you think, mm. well, I think I ate this, I think I ate good today. <laughs> you know, there's yeah. the, the calorie count does not lie to you. So it's very important to be right. that intentional with your money as well. And um, regarding the problem of transferring money from your savings to your checking because you overspent, yeah. that's a very yeah. common problem. And I played that dance. Uh, I danced that dance for a long time, you know, <laughs> um, and I found that the way to stop that is to create a second account at a different bank. So um, you do that because if you have those savings in a different bank than your main bank, let's say that you are banking with Chase and you have yeah. your savings account with Chase too, you're always going to dip in there when you overspend. That's just human right. nature. But if you create um, a second account, let's say, uh, I don't know, another bank, Wells Fargo. I hate Wells Fargo. Yeah. That's a terrible example. <laughs> but let's say <laughs> that you create a second account yeah. at Wells Fargo. Um, now for you to access that money, it typically takes like two days until the transfer comes through. And that mm. barrier makes it harder to access your money. And guess what? When it's harder to access your money, you're some yeah. you're smarter with it because you're like, oh, it's, right. I can't just like save myself, you know? So yes. it, may, it, it creating that hurdle really helps you be intentional with your money. Hmm. I, I love that that very practical advice. Do you do you believe in like having a weekly budget for yourself? Like, do you you know like because obviously people are going to go out, they're going to socialize, they go to dinner, they want to order in, whatever it might be. Do you kind of believe in in giving yourself? Okay, this is X amount of dollar I can spend this week or whatever this month. Honestly, it's it's just like finding, you know, the the exercise that works for you. You know, I'm yeah. I'm a bar girly. Uh, would I ever mm. do um what's the not the, the when people do the weights, CrossFit. I would oh, yeah, yeah. I would never exercise if I had to do CrossFit because that's just so intense <laughs> for me. So people really just kind of have to ex experiment with different budgeting methods. The method yeah. that works for me is what's called zero based budgeting. Have you heard of that one? No. So that's one where you sit down and you give all your money a job. So basically yeah. you set up automations, you set up um, auto payments with your credit card bills, with your rent, mm. um, your car payment, cell phone, everything. So that basically as soon as you get paid, let's say you get paid on the first, you want to get it gets sucked out <laughs> the day that you get yeah. paid. And then this way, all your obligations are paid. And then let's say you're left with 200 bucks because, but everything else is paid, but you're left with 200 right. bucks. And that way I know that those 200 bucks, it's a free for all. I can do whatever right. I want because everything else is paid. And that does include uh, a pull for savings, a pull for mm -hmm. investing, you know? Um, and for me, that's what works easiest because it's just hands off and I don't have to think right. so much about, well, this money goes here. Some people like to be, it, you know, get down and dirty and really understand every single number. It makes them feel more comfortable and more aware of their money. So it, again, you kind of have to play with different budgeting methods. There's also the envelope method that's very popular. That's and mm. it's really popular right now on TikTok. They call it the cash stuffing method. These kids, they always rename stuff. Uh, it's, <laughs> I grew up, yeah, yeah. I grew up with it being called the envelope method. They call it the cash stuffing method. And yeah. uh, it's the same thing. So, so with that one, you pull out cash from the ATM and you do give yourself a weekly allowance. So I'm only going to spend... Mm. Uh, 50 bucks on going out this week. I'm only going to spend a hundred bucks on going out to the club. And once that money's spent, that's it, you know? So, so again, yeah. just whatever works for you. I love that. Yeah. I think I, I love good little practical uh, tidbits of advice. Cause I think sometimes it gets overcomplicated when you're discussing uh, money. It doesn't have to be. So I love the apps and the, the methodology. Um, so I, I want to be respectful of your time. I mean, and anything else you kind of want to let people know about, I know you're writing the book. Um, and I know you've been documenting your journey of, of uh, getting fluent in Spanish, which has been nice to, to watch and inspiring. 
Um, but but anything that, that you want to kind of touch on that you feel like people need to, to know more about? Yeah. So um, let me see. Uh, speaking of budgeting, if anybody yeah. is looking for a really cool budgeting resource, I'm actually an ambassador for the No More Financial Secrets campaign. That's by Secret mm. Deodorant. Yeah. So um, it's, a, it's a new initiative that was launched this past Financial Literacy Month in April. And uh, what Secret Deodorant is doing is they have a goal of impacting 1 million uh, women by giving them free access to educational resources. And mm. those educational resources are by popular influencers. Uh, mm. So guess who's one of those popular influencers. <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm one of them. So so they're making an investment in the community by buying my yeah. digital product and offering it for free uh, to the community. So I'll, all you wow. have to do is go to Secret Money Moves. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's uh, secretmoneymoves.com and then uh, you'll find the link. But basically, you can get access to um, a on-demand budgeting resource. So it's a 40-minute uh, budgeting workshop taught by me where yeah. uh, I teach you all the basics of budgeting. And it's funny because I was working on the budgeting chapter earlier this week. Um, uh, budgeting, honestly, the hardest part about budgeting is mindset. It's not so much like mm. what budgeting method or what hack. Yeah. It's it's getting into the intentionality and wanting to do better with your money. And um, mm. I talk about the the importance of, of goals, you know, because mm. that's what's going to be your North Star. Remember I mentioned earlier that I was squirreling money away for this travel sabbatical? Yeah. For me, yes. when I did the reflection, that was my big goal. I wanted to travel the world while young and not wait until I was like a 65-year-old lady with a bad knee and I couldn't like, yeah. you know, climb the hills of Italy. So, so, yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so, so that's something to take advantage of. And then if you want to uh, follow my author journey, you can follow me on TikTok, LinkedIn, or Instagram. And all my socials are linked on my website, thefirstgenmentor.com. Amazing. I, I love all that, that you're doing. And I, I um, that's awesome that a, a brand like Secret is like making that investment. I just think yeah, uh, that's really cool to to see. And that's such a great resource. You got to take advantage of that. Anybody listening, um, man, thank you so much for, for coming on here and just dropping some some gems for us. It's been a, a pleasure to, to hear your story and also just kind of get some really practical advice on everything. Thanks, Dramos. And I can't believe that I forgot to plug my book. Hello. It's like my yeah, biggest please. project. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's called Cultura in Cash, Lessons from the mm. First Gen Mentor for Managing Finances and Cultural Expectations. Because um, mm. I learned the hard way, you know, um, how much our family, our culture and our community impacts our money and is something that has to be addressed head on. So I'll be addressing all these difficult topics. <laughs> I love book. that. I love the the personal touch into all of this stuff that it's, it's you know, the human aspect of money, which I think uh, is is what people like yourself are are doing, is is creating a real human connection to it, and and uh, and and letting us really kind of see how it plays out in our everyday life or the dynamics of our family and things like that, which I think is incredibly important. So I love that. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah, and that's very much the style of the book. You know, other books would just get down to like the vanilla stuff. Uh, this is what an right. investment portfolio is. This is what a stock, a bond, and the way yeah. that I open up every chapter, it's with a personal story of how yeah. money has either helped or hurt, or lack of money has hurt me. Mostly hurt, mm. <laughs> most, yeah. mostly hurt. But then that way, like you said, it humanizes money. Yes. It's not just about having a bigger bank account. It's not just about being the richer person in the room. It's about, like we talked about earlier, going through these difficult situations, getting laid off, having health issues, mm -hmm. having your car tires blow out. 
and not wanting yeah. to, you know, pull your hair out because you don't know how you're going to pay for it. It's about financial ease. Yes, financial. That's a great way to put it. I love that. I'm, I might, I might steal that. Yeah, uh, that please do. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> financial ease. That's a great way to put it. But well, Gigi, it's been great to to get to meet you finally and 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 hear all about your story. And uh, you know, once the book's out, let me know. I'd love to to have you back on. Oh, I would love to come back. Thank you so much for having me on. I had a lot of fun. Man, big shout out to my guest this week, Gigi, the first gen mentor. Just dropping some some gems. I think you can't have enough financial advice. And at the end of the day, also. Like we talked about, I love how she really gave us a personal insight into this journey of hers of, of living the life that she has has always dreamed about. Um, now, with that said, let's kind of tie everything we talked about today in a neat little bow in a segment we call Conclusion Stew. But first, let's take a quick break, then we'll be right back. I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles, because life happens, baby, but you got this. Hi there, I'm Honey German, and I know we can all use some positive energy these days. That's why I make sure to empower my community, because a bit of motivation and support can go a long way. And luckily, we have State Farm to support us. Like when you talk to a State Farm agent to choose the coverage you need, and they have the options to protect the things you value most. It's the perfect positive tip you need. State Farm is also a big supporter of the My Cultura Podcast Network, where we as podcast hosts get to share our experiences and stories. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Time for conclusions. Mm. All right, man. So I feel like we got to so many different things in this conversation beyond just like the original topic of, of money and finances. And I think a couple of things that, that stood out to me in this conversation with, with Gigi, the first gen mentor, I think first and foremost, I, I love that she had people around her that were pushing her to take this risk, right? Because I, I think normally the story we hear is, is, you know, that you have to kind of convince everybody around you to see things the way you do or, or nobody does and you just have to jump this ship alone. So I, I love that she had people who were recognizing that in her. And and saying, like, I think you should you should really give this a a shot at the end of the day, you know, um, and, and I love that she she actually, you know, had the guts to then go out and, and, and listen to those people. And I just think, you know, it's it's just a testament. We all have different stories, different paths to get to where we want to be. And I think if you have good people around you, you know, 
um, they are going to kind of give you that nudge sometimes. And, and maybe that is what you needed to, to have the guts to go out and do it, you know? So I just love having different perspectives, I guess, of the way that people have arrived to where they are today, right? Giving people um, different, different viewpoints or vantage points from, from people to kind of figure out what makes sense for your story and where you can relate, you know, and, and, and apply what you've learned from, from that person. And then the second thing, obviously, for me is like the idea that she's had to set a boundary between her and her mother. Um, and, and, you know, they don't have much of a relationship right now as a result of her mom having sort of these negative connotations about Gigi and her work. And, you know, this isn't easy and it's not something I would wish upon anyone. Right. I, I have a, a close relationship with my parents and I can't imagine not having them in my life. But I do respect the hell out of this sort of boundary that she's created, you know. And I think at the end of the day, you have to prioritize your own happiness above all, right? Like you're the one who's going to be living in this mind, in this body, in this day-to-day life. And you have to do whatever you can to protect yourself, right? And it's like protect your peace, like a big thing I talk about with with Just Be. That's the theme of our our merch drop this last uh, this last month, uh, or it's quarter, I should say. But it's 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 those difficult decisions that I think really begin to set the tone for the life that you're going to live, right? And I think being unafraid to make a statement and say, hey, this is who I am. This is what I do. And this is what makes me happy. You can either be a part of that or not. But I'm not going to allow you to pollute, you know, my mind or 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 dilute my happiness because you refuse to see things um, as I do or you just refuse to accept the fact that I'm doing what makes me happy and accept me for who I am. Right. Because I think that's what it is at the end of the day. It's it's another person unwilling to accept you for who you are and what actually makes you happy in this life. And it's ironic that it's, you know, she's doing something that's not harming anybody, but, um, you know, this person, in this case, her mother is unable to accept her for who she is because she feels like what she does goes against her own personal beliefs. And, you know, I I think at the end of the day, when you care about somebody and you've, you know, it's easier said than done, but I think when you've done some of the work, you recognize that not everybody's going to see things exactly the way you do. And you need to accept them for who they are, right? If you want to have a relationship with them, you need to accept them for who they are. And if you're unable to do that and you keep trying to change them or you keep, um, you know, shit, you keep shitting on the, the thing that makes them happy, you can't expect them to just kind of have you around even though you're taking a toll on them mentally, you know? Um, again, like you protect your peace at the, at the end of the day. Um, it's, it's, yeah, I, it's just, it's a sad situation, but, at the end, but I appreciate her being so vulnerable and honest because I think, again, it showcases all that it takes to live the life that you've dreamed about and the hard decisions that will inevitably come up as a result of you making this decision and you choosing what many would deem to be an unorthodox life, you know? Um, and I think in general, even if you're not just like, even if you're not looking to be a creative or anything, you have a regular nine to five, but like, you're dating somebody or you're doing this or doing that, like you have to make choices that make sense for you at the end of the day. Right. And it's up to everybody else around you. If they want to have a relationship with you 
to figure out a way to be okay with that, right? And if they can't, that's on them. That is not your job at the end of the day. I think that's the point I'm trying to get to. And also, I love that, again, she had the guts to say, like, no, I've, I've found what makes me happy. I found what I think is my purpose, and I'm not going to let anything or anyone stand in my way. And I think that's so incredibly powerful. So that's it. Big shout out once again to Gigi, the first gen mentor for hopping on the show. And man, um, just be social club. We are, are starting to wrap up the, the list. A bunch of people have booked their one-on-one sessions with me. It's a free one-on-one session. If you want to get some more info, we'll talk um, at DJ Dramos on Instagram. I almost forgot my own handle. Send me a DM and I'll get you the info or email Brenda at mindofayounglord.com. And uh, yeah, we are are getting ready to gear up and, and, and start up our, our second group. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, last 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 call, basically, we're, we're doing right now. So if you want to be a part of that, hit me up or hit Brenda up uh, via email and we'll, we'll figure something out for you. And that's it. I'll catch you all on Thursday for our Thursday Trends episode. So then stay safe and we'll talk soon. Peace. Life as a Gringo is a production of the Michael Dura Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Professional wrestling, like real life, is full of surprises. Hi, everyone. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. And it's no surprise I can talk wrestling all day, any day. Kind of like how State Farm agents can talk insurance and help you choose the right coverage. When it comes to important insurance decisions, let State Farm support you with the coverage you need backed with 24-7 support. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.